Well, hello again, and welcome to another episode of the Hyperion Adventures podcast. I'm Tom. As always, I'm with my gorgeous, wonderful, <laughs> intelligent, hardworking, <laughs> world showcase holiday loving wife and co-host, Michelle. Oh, thank you, honey. You're, you're so wonderful. I really am so blessed to be with you. And hi, everybody. I think we're all blessed, but uh, I'm very <laughs> blessed to have her as my wife and co-host and uh, so appreciative of you joining us today. Uh, thank you for joining us today. In the future, you can find us most everywhere you get podcasts. Over the very best place. However, the very best place to find <laughs> us is on... It didn't take long. No. <laughs> on our own website, HyperionAdventuresPodcast.com. And while you're there... You can sign up for our newsletter. Please sign up for the newsletter. We have lots of stuff going out for you but about what's happening within the Hyperion Adventures podcast world, including uh, some stuff that we have coming up, uh, episodes that we have going on. We have our uh, Disney Dishes recipe of the week mm-hmm. out there. And we also throw out things for people to respond to you know in case uh you want to comment on any of our you know episodes on a week in and week out basis as a matter of fact we got a comment this week from last week's episode our donald duck appreciation show uh sarah grace kaiser who has been chiming in quite often recently yes she sent us an email and said this uh dear tom and michelle did you know that donald duck has a middle name I bet you can't guess what it is. <laughs> I took a cue from Michelle and did some research. His full name is Donald Fauntleroy right. Duck. Yeah, yes. fascinating. Cool stuff. It right? is. It is cute. And I appreciate that she took the time to write and to share that. That That's really wonderful that we're getting this kind of of response from people to chime in we love it because we just want this to be the best right it's fun that we're inspiring people to do their own research as well i mean you're not going to top michelle's research (laughs) let's be honest but you you know that's pretty good research there sarah grace kaiser thank you very much she also went on to say it's hard to pick a favorite donald film so Mm -hmm. here are my top three uh mickey mouse clubhouse slash mickey and the roadster racers Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, two, the three Caballeros, yes. yes. And number one, Mickey's PhilharMagic slash DuckTales. Oh, DuckTales. I know. Sad face. Sad face. (laughs) Uh, But uh, anyway, thank you, Sarah. We really appreciate you chiming in every single week. And if you want to chime in with us in various ways, you can always follow us on social media. Mm -hmm. We like to be active on social media. We're on Twitter at Hyperion Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. We are on YouTube. We like to post these episodes with, you can check us out. Michelle's wearing... Her very Christmassy <laughs> mini ears right now. You can check that out on YouTube. You can check out my hair that continues to grow ridiculously long. Yeah, it's annoying me great. every single week. It I don't know awesome. how much longer I can take this. So we'll see how much longer it grows. <laughs> I so. guess you're going to get to a point where you might let me cut it, right? That's uh, that's a bad idea, though. I would like to go out and get it cut, but everything is going crazy right now. And so it's I'm like, trying now. to avoid that. And... But it's, it's just so annoying. But anyway, um, I digress. Uh, please follow us on YouTube. If you want to find us there, uh, just do a search for Hyperion Adventures Podcast. Hit subscribe and you'll know whenever we have a new video. And if you ever want to email us, just like Sarah Grace Kaiser mm-hmm. did, you can hit us up at our Gmail account, Hyperion Adventures Podcast at gmail.com. Right. And we do encourage you to check out the YouTubes because we do add in some additional uh, visual things that correspond to what we're talking about. So it, it's more entertaining than just watching us sit here and talk yeah thank 
course, most things are. Uh, but it is, yeah, we do. We post a lot of pictures right. and uh, different things that kind of allude, uh, discuss what we're saying. It's so kind of a visual. Even if you've listened to the episode, you may want to check out the uh, YouTube videos of it to kind of see some of the things that we're discussing because I try and post a lot of pictures. Right. No, you did great. It. It's so, like a show and tell. This is show and tell. <laughs> So uh, also we're kicking off something this week that we want to do uh, coming up here over the next couple months possibly, and that is um, we're going to be giving out. We you know we thought you know small businesses during these crazy times mm-hmm. are struggling right, right now, and you know there's some wonderful Disney small businesses that uh, one they they just put out great products, right. but they also do great things for the community, and so we wanted to showcase a few of those mm-hmm. as we are going through this. Uh, so th- we're going to start our Hyperion Adventure Small Business Showcase here. And we want you to be a part of it if you uh, either have your own business that's Disney-focused or you know somebody who does a wonderful right. Disney-focused small, has a Disney-focused small business that, you know, does great things for the community. Maybe they help, um, you know, with the climate, you know, maybe it's a green company, right. whatever. Um, nominate them and then we'll take a look at them and see about possibly giving them a free 60-second ad, right. 60 ish second head <laughs> uh, on our podcast on, uh, uh, in, on every once in a while. Right. And, you know, it doesn't have to be that they're, the whole business is related to Disney. You know, it, you could have somebody that has a lot of products, but some do represent Disney. Mm-hmm. And because we are a Disney podcast family, we do know that a lot of our listeners do enjoy Disney products. So uh, even if it's just a portion of it, we're certainly willing to give some consideration to giving them some time. Sure. So if you have a small business or you know someone you'd like to nominate to possibly be a part of this program, uh, again, hit us up either uh, by direct messaging, messaging us on social media mm-hmm. or again, email us at our gmail account hyperion adventures podcast at gmail.com so to kick off our hyperion adventures small business showcase uh we wanted to start off with one of our wonderful friends who's been yes. on the show and has been a huge supporter of this show since day one and uh, she has a wonderful small business and that is castle bound and down so let's talk about castle bound and down they specialize in magical handmade character inspired children's clothing basically it's disney bounding for kids Camille creates unique dresses, leggings, shirts, and more inspired by your favorite characters, which are perfect for visiting Disney parks or just simply playing make-believe. And Camille searches for just the right fabrics that are perfect combination of comfort, quality, and magically influenced design. Mm-hmm. And inspired by her adorable, I mean adorable daughter, Lorelai, <laughs> yes. who is often the model for these exquisite outfits, Castle Bound and Down donates 10% of every sale to their local Down Syndrome Association, which is also near and dear to our hearts as well. That association works very hard to ensure that their community is inclusive for those with disabilities. You really must check out these wonderful outfits for mm-hmm. yourself. Head to castleboundanddown.etsy.com and follow them on Facebook and Instagram at Castle Bound and Down. Right now, she's having a special offer specifically for our Hyperion adventurers. That's so cool. Right. Use the code Hyperion15 and save 15% on anything in the shop. Wow, what a great deal that is. Definitely take advantage of that. Again, that's castleboundanddown.etsy.com. Enter Hyperion 15 and treat your little princess or pirate arr, <laughs> to something <laughs> magical from Castle Bound and Down. So again, if you want to be a part of that program and be like Castle Bound and Down and get a 
you know, one free 60 second ish right. spot on our show. Again, hit us up through uh, social media or through email and we'll look into it and see about possibly putting you on our next show. Right. We do really want to show support for the small business community because we know during, as you mentioned, during uh, this these times, it's one of the biggest impacted uh, parts of the of mm-hmm. society. And we really do, you know, want to send our appreciation to all that you've done. Right. Absolutely. And that's why we're doing this is to just, you know, it's, it's the giving season. We thought mm-hmm. we'd give out a little bit of our airtime sure. to some of these small businesses to help them along on their path. As for this week's show, we have lots of stuff for you this week, including there's a new way for you to become a member of the official Disney fan club. We'll talk a little bit about that. And a milestone celebration is coming for a production company we know very much and love very much. But let's get to our main topic of the week. Happy Merry Holly Jolly Seasons greetings here. I'm wondering what your family does at that time of year. Love and joy and peace on earth and tidings of good cheer. Do you have tradition things for that time of year? Well, we hang up boughs of evergreen on every single doorway. Bake a giant cookie in the wavy shape of Norway. Go from door to door to door while sailing with our choir. Hang up all your giant socks above an open fire. That sounds safe. So happy, merry, yuletide carol, faithful friends are dear. Thanks for sharing what you do at that time of year. We better get a move on if we're going to hit every house in the kingdom. I just love Olaf singing about <laughs> traditions. I think it's part of what inspired this episode right. is uh, Olaf's, Olaf's uh, frozen adventure where he goes out and tries to find traditions, Christmas exactly. traditions for Anna and Elsa, and he's just so great about it. So uh, that kind of inspired us, and he's, it's funny and a great song. Right. And Sorry. That's all right. Uh, last week, I mean last week, ah, last year, we actually had the opportunity to spend the Christmas season mm-hmm. at Walt Disney World and Epcot and got to really participate and watch some great traditions. So this is a fun episode. Right. So what we thought we'd do is because one of the things we love so much about when we get to go to the Walt Disney World Resort during the holiday time is going to World Showcase. And not only do they have this, you know, these great festival, the holidays, foods mm-hmm. and everything, but they do a lot of things about the diff- various different countries throughout World Showcase that kind of showcase that the showcase at World Showcase, <laughs> uh, the traditions from each of these countries and regions. And so we kind of thought we'd go through some of them and talk about, you know, what, what you might experience is if you were actually visiting these countries or visiting World Showcase itself. Right. In another year. <laughs> In another year. Yeah. I mean, we do know that a lot of the performances were, were missing because of, of uh, what's going on right now to keep everybody safe. And so that makes sense. So we just kind of want to remind people, you know, some of the things they, they typically do have, but some of the traditions and, and where they came from. Right. So uh, we're going to delve into a lot of that and we're going to kind of alternate. I actually did some research myself this week. So <laughs> what do you know? Yes. Uh, but Michelle, of course, did her great research. <laughs> and now the question is, now, as it is always when you enter World Showcase, which direction do you go from? You know, do you go right towards Canada and UK and right. France or do you go left towards Mexico, mm. Norway, China? We a lot of times enter through the international gateway, so it's kind of decided for us. But uh, so, which way, which direction should we start? That's this a good time? question. I don't know. Should we flip a coin or? I well, think 
I think because Michelle always does the best <laughs> research. Oh, no. That we should start with one of her countries and one that's really close to our heart. And let's go ahead and go right and start with Canada. All right. Oh, the pressure's on now. Uh, okay. So uh, in the Canada Pavilion, you get to experience, obviously, some food and traditions, uh, the sights and sounds of, of what goes on in Canada. And some of, one of their main traditions is actually called Le Réveillon. And it's... Well, what, <laughs> it say means, that again? <laughs> Le Réveillon. And it it's, it's means uh, awaken. And it's it's a actually a feast, a very large feast that is happens generally either just prior to, you know, the, the Christmas Eve evening or right after midnight mass. And so it's a time for family to come together and really just enjoy each other, enjoy some really great food. And, and it's, you know, and partying and, and it's all very festive. And so, uh, I can say for my, our family, we didn't really do the Réveillon. However, we did have, uh, after midnight mass, we would, if we were old enough to go to midnight mass, then we'd be awakened when everybody came back home. And that's when we realized Santa had come and we got to enjoy our, our prizes and gifts throughout the night. Wonderful. Yeah. So, um, you know, in, in looking at what some of the foods they serve at this festive festive mm-hmm. time is it's really some hearty things. Okay. okay? So like um, they may serve le tortier, mm-hmm. which is um, it's like a, a French pie, meat pie. And it's double crusted and, you know, it, it may have pork or beef or both, nice. you know, and potatoes. Um, but some other foods that are um, are very much cherished in the area of Canada is Brussels sprouts. Oh, they're, really? Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. They, they're grown throughout a lot of the regions in Canada. So that's a dish, a side dish that you would typically see um, in, in this kind of tradition. Also, uh, potatoes um, and eggnog. Mm-hmm. Now, eggnog from the store is good, but freshly made or homemade eggnog is the best. Okay. And I was blessed that my parents would make homemade eggnog really? and it was awesome wow. there is it really is great and so that is a a, a good co- canadian tradition that that you might want to participate in and make your own um eggnog um maybe we'll come up with a your parents recipe oh yeah dishes blog right dig that out of your your mom's recipe cabinet <laughs> right exactly i'll have to contact her right. i'm sure she'll love to share that um you know and obviously as part of this feast there would be some homemade desserts or you know cookies uh donuts with jam you know all kinds <laughs> really, of really in canada <laughs> no <laughs> right jelly eh? <laughs> So, I mean, I think the main thing to consider when looking at the traditions of Canada is the influences that come from abroad. So Mm -hmm. whether it's from from France or the UK, so you get this nice blending of traditions. And and, in different regions, you also have other influences, like in Nova Scotia, you might have more, you'll see more Scottish traditions Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. foods uh, associated with their their celebrations. So Very good. Yeah. Now, one of the things in researching that I found out, and this was from an official Canada government website, so I think it's pretty legit, is um, this year they're they're going to have some uh, virtual celebrations, obviously. And the one that they're going to have this year, and it's going to be virtual 
and you're going to be able to watch it between December 17th to January 7th. And, and I'll read what they have on their website is let yourself be dazzled by illumination. Wow. Where'd they get that? From? I know a celebration of lights across Canada. Nice. Yeah. And so it says uh, the virtual show takes place, takes you on a magical cross Canada journey that will amaze young and old alike. And, you know, so they're, they're going to be showing a lot of obviously, um, lights and festivities that are throughout the, the different regions of Canada but I thought that was really interesting that they call it illumination yeah. cool. <laughs> and I felt like it fits in being mentioned it's in our it's in world showcase right or at least a youth group right so <laughs> if you're interested in watching this um just either um hit us up on our gmail account or so, or social media and I can send you the link on Facebook where you'll be able to watch it uh starting December 17th very cool that's great research. Michelle's research. <laughs> research. Plus, like I said, uh, you know, she has some French Canadian within right. her family. So that's uh, some it's a country that is very close to your heart. Right. Sure. Exactly. And, you know, and, and just like I said, some of the influences I, I love whenever you see um, the blending of traditions and we see that in this country, you know, some of the things that influence the areas maybe of Minnesota are different than South Florida or, you know, mm -hmm. and, and so having some of that ability to really see and experience those different uh, traditions, it makes it, you know, more inclusive, more fun. Very cool. Good stuff. Great stuff there. So. Well, thank you. Thank you. So that's a look at Canada. So we move on from there. So if we're going around World Showcase from Canada, where do we run into next? Well, of course, it's the UK Pavilion. And I've taken the UK Pavilion. I will be working on this. And why did I do that? Because it's the easy one. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of the stuff we do here in the United States is influenced from the United Kingdom. Actually, a lot of the stuff we're going to go through today, right. um, you're going to see that it was influenced from, it, we're such a melting pot of a country mm -hmm. that we have so many people from so many different places around the world that a lot of these are going to sound very familiar to right. you as we go through these. So, um, like I said, this is an easy one. Uh, when you go to the UK for the holiday time, for Christmas time, uh, decorations are what you would see a lot around here holly ivy mistletoe mm -hmm. of course sure. christmas trees were actually brought over by uh the king uh several generations ago because he was originally german and christmas trees are big in germany which we'll get into a little Ooh. bit later he actually brought that tradition into england and they started uh putting nice. up christmas trees regularly in england uh villages and towns are decorated with christmas lights carols are sung children write letters to their version of santa claus which is father christmas mm -hmm. there uh, he leaves them presents in stockings or pillowcases hung by the fire or by children's beds. Pillowcases? Yeah. Wow. I have a new decorate. tradition here. You can really decorate <laughs> you know, much more than easier than you can decorate a stocking or a sock. You can decorate uh, a pillowcase. Right? I'm just thinking filling a pillowcase, you're going to get a lot more... <laughs> A lot well, more gifts. In my case, a lot of coal. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, children sometimes leave mince pies and brandy for Father Christmas. Ooh, yeah. Oh, nice. I, I think I want to play Father Christmas. <laughs> that sounds pretty good. 
Uh, there, as far as food, as food, as far as food, uh, turkey is the traditional meal mm-hmm. there. So that sounds very close to what we would know here. Right. Uh, dessert is often often uh, Christmas pudding, mince pies, and a lot of chocolate. They love their chocolate mm-hmm. on Christmas time. There. Uh, there's also a tradition of what's called the Christmas cake, which is essentially a very rich fruit cake with a marzipan icing, and just like here in the U.S. Some people love it. <laughs> some people, maybe not so much. Uh, meanwhile, there are some other traditions that, you know, are kind of more specific to uh, the UK, which mm-hmm. is like in some of the uh, northern uh properties, uh, territories there, like mm-hmm. in North Derbyshire and North Yorkshire, uh, in the which uh, they have a very special singing of a carol called the Sheffield Carols that happen in the pubs during the weeks leading up to Christmas. So a lot of times they get in together, get right. in these pubs, and they just go sing out these these carols, these awesome. Sheffield carols. Uh, so just kind of a real cool get together. But like I said, uh, you know, this is a wonderful time of getting together with families. And it, it, we've adopted a lot of those traditions here in the U.S. that we see, you know, from the United right. Kingdom. Right. So, so that's a look at the United Kingdom. Wow. Let's go back. We need to have a little bit more French on the show. <laughs> So we cross the bridge, past the International Gateway, and we head over to the France Pavilion. Right. So at the France Pavilion, um, you probably have been introduced to Père Noël. Um, we had a great time last year really mm-hmm. being able to spend some time actually talking with him. Yeah, we have a cute picture that we'll post on the YouTube video of awesome. Michelle with Père Noël. <laughs> So, um, so over in France, their tradition was not of hanging stockings, but rather their shoes by the fireplace for um, Père Noël to put some prizes, presents, or or candies in their shoes. And there is a traditional French Christmas song that um, is, that we would like to play a little bit of that that kind of goes along with this tradition. So yeah, that was uh, Petit Papa Noel, and it, you know, it, it really just, uh, I know it's in French, so um, it, it's really just asking, you know, uh, Père Noel not to forget their own shoes even as adults we Uh, we want our (laughs) we want the magic of christmas at home as well so um now that's not necessarily a tradition that's still maintained as much you know they still put they have christmas trees and put gifts under the christmas trees but another tradition that they do have is to have la creche in their home and that is also the, the manger and so oh. that's kind of a staple, that decoration that you would have a crush in your home, um, one that you would either, you know, like some people purchase some really beautiful, elaborate ones while others may make them. And I do remember in grade school that that we would have to make our own. 
every Christmas wow. <laughs> up until like I think third or fourth grade but um, and that would be like a little project that we would make our own little manger but that you know that is a, a, a sweet tradition to have and, and, and again it, it kind of is um, folk, refocusing some of the attention of the purpose of the season as well so um, now they do in Provence have a really awesome tradition that I say hands down, we need to adopt here. Okay. And that is, um, it's also served on Christmas Eve, but it's called the 13 desserts. <laughs> <laughs> or oh, les 13 desserts. So, um, the, the I already put on the quarantine 15. Now I'm going to eat 13 <laughs> desserts. Know, I'm in I trouble. Know. I'm in trouble. So just to give you a little bit of, you know, kind of background, the, the number 13 represents Jesus and his 12 disciples. Mm-hmm. And um, the desserts are really set out on the table. And it's it's kind of to, to be like a grazing kind of thing that sure. you can have it actually over several days. You know, so for the uh, the 13 desserts, you know, in different homes, they create different desserts and, and things. But and they're not all just pure sweet some have some fruits associated with them or you might have like there's one that's like an olive flatbread Mm. type of thing but for the most part right you know um and they do try to include like i said some fruits like dates and dried plums Mm. things like that that um you know, can give some other blends of flavors other than just like pure chocolate or whatever. I mean, we, we know that um, the Yule log or Bouche de Noël is popular both in France and Canada. And so that would be all obviously one of the traditional desserts that gotcha. you would see as well. Um, so anyways, that's kind of the traditional things that you would see in France. Okay. But uh, again, I say 13 desserts oh boy. this year. I better start cooking now. <laughs> I better start cooking now. 13 desserts. I know. Up. I That's know. Really cool. So. Very cool. Great stuff. Well, thank you. Yeah. So we go from France. Where do we run into next? Well, you know how UK was really easy for me? <laughs> well, the next country that we come across if we're going around World Shore Showcase is Morocco. And well, Morocco, not quite as easy to find Christmas tradition (laughs) in Morocco. Why is that? Well, because Morocco, their citizenship is primarily Muslim. So Mm -hmm. they don't really celebrate Christmas there. Ah, but they do, as a matter of fact. They do, in some reasons, uh, celebrate some Christmas around there. That's because there's a fair amount of French influence in Morocco since it was a protectorate of the country for many, many years mm-hmm. back, uh, you know, decades ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's bits and pieces of the traditions uh, from France that you can find around Morocco, including, like, the, you know, if you mention Santa Claus around there, he goes by Père Noël wow. in, in, in Morocco. Um also, there are many Christians that have kind of uh, made their way into the country. Um, some come from uh, African countries such as Senegal, mm-hmm. Congo, South Africa. Uh, also, some expats from uh, Europe and the Philippines mm-hmm. and even the U.S. have kind of moved into there. So you can find, if you go to Morocco around Christmas time, holiday time, uh, you can find Christmas trees and lights and decorations in many of their stores. Nice. So they do kind of have that there. Uh, In truth, uh, December is a month that's filled with lots of 
uh, interesting stuff going on because of the country's diverse population and they enjoy celebrating and Muslims enjoy celebrating very much. So just within December alone, there are several different holidays wow. that they se- they celebrate. And I, excuse me if I pronounce any of these incorrectly. So please, um, <laughs> I, you know, some of these I, I may have struggle with. But um, Ayat al Adha is a Muslim festival of sacrifice that takes place within December. Uh, they also celebrate Solstice Equinox, mm-hmm. uh, which is a celebration of changing seasons. Hanukkah, of course, there are many Jewish uh uh, citizens right. in Morocco itself. So the Jewish Festival of the Lights is celebrated. Christmas, yes, mm-hmm. it is celebrated there. And so is Kwanzaa. But, you know, it's it's an African country, so there's a Kwanzaa oh, is celebrated sure. there as well. Also, there apparently are several Muslims in Morocco that you know do sort of celebrate Christmas in a way, not so much as a religious holiday, but just because they enjoy the aspects of um, joy and happiness mm-hmm. that come that are celebrated during Christmas. So it's not from from what I've read, not unheard of to, you know, even the many of the Muslim citizens right. there uh, to, you know, if you wish them a Merry Christmas, they may wish it back to you. Nice. So uh, if you do happen to be heading to Morocco, you can find some Christmas celebrations there. Wow. That's what you're looking for. And definitely, of course, within World Showcase at Epcot. Nice. That's really good uh, research there, honey. I know that was going to be a tough one. So I, I was glad when we did the division of these <laughs> That you were willing to take that on, and you did spectacularly. Well, well, thank you very much. So we move from Morocco. We move to what I have have a feeling might be another bit of a tough one, and that is from Morocco to Japan. Japan, Right. Michelle, tell us a little bit about what they do to celebrate the holidays within Japan. All right. So um, in Japan, their main holiday is New Year's Day, which I'll talk about in a second. But there is a fun fact that I found about Japan and Christmas Day. Okay. okay. Um, they interestingly love to indulge in KFC on Christmas Day. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. I know, I know. Uh, this started back in uh, 1970s that uh, KFC had their first official uh, store opening in Japan. And one of the owners decided to sell a Christmas party barrel uh, to inspire the classic American turkey dinner. And um, because they really didn't have a Christmas pr- tradition in Japan, uh, this really took off. And it has become a, a big, you know, I, I, wa- I don't want to say big deal, but it is something that's a cute, quirky tradition. And they e- actually even uh, dress up Colonel Sanders as Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> it does have a little of that look. I know. <laughs> I mean, really, who could go wrong? KFC on Christmas is yeah, still a good th- Yeah, I know. <laughs> We'll make the 13 desserts. If I right. don't have to make dinner, we just have KFC. <laughs> exactly. So, um, but let's go back to the, the, the part about New Year's. That's their, you know, more of the emphasis in this time of the year for them. And they, they actually start in preparation for it by, um, they, they create holiday cards that are well-wishing cards, you know, and they, they send them off to their, whatever, I guess would be equivalent to a postal service. And, those are held and actually delivered on New Year's Day mm. for everybody. Wow. So it's kind of nice that, that they have that, that tradition. Right. So um, one of their main symbols for New Year's, and, and if you're typically at World Show- Showcase during the holidays, is um, you would be able to watch the Daruma Storyteller. Mm. 
Oh, yeah. We saw the Daruma Storyteller when we were there last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. So um, there's there's a lot of interesting stories out there uh, about the Daruma doll. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and uh, you know, when, when I was researching this, it's like some of it is like a little, a little way out there. <laughs> um, but some of it has some really charming aspects to it um even though maybe how it came about is a little quirky so (laughs) (laughs) so the the uh daruma doll which is uh obviously sold at fairs uh it's it's painted bright red and it's supposed to be symbolic of a buddhist monk um who at one point went into a cave to spend years meditating Mm. And um, it's the, the the way that the 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 legend goes is that he was meditating so long that he lost the use of his limbs. Oh, <laughs> and that is why the doll doesn't have arms and legs. It's just a head. There we go. I know. <laughs> Again, as I mentioned, and there were some other really weird things there that you came go. out. Meditation but- <laughs> good. Meditation for that long, not so good. Right, right. Everything in moderation, right? right? Perfect. Yes. So, um, but one of the thing, the unique aspects of this doll is it's kind of like a roly poly. Like if you try to knock it down, it'll come back upright. You know, kind of like um, the the punching. Oh yeah. Okay. Dolls that w- as kids, but the boppers. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And but that's symbolic because what it is, it's it's really to represent that no matter who knocks you down, you need to come back up. You need to get back up and keep going. And so the other really interesting aspect of this doll is when you buy it for New Year's, the pupils are not painted in. And so what the tradition they have in Japan is you paint in the left eye pupil with a wish or a goal that you're going to be working with on that year, that new year. And then when you achieve that goal, then you can paint in the right pupil that yeah. you've accomplished it in the in that year. And again, um, you know, they, they have a saying that, you know, you may remember the storyteller mentioning is um, knock me down seven times. I'll get up eight. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just that you just got to keep keep plugging along no matter what people do to try to, um, you know, that may impact your struggles to achieve your goals, you still need to continue to try to work towards that, to, to better yourself, et cetera, and, and to have more joy. Especially poignant for this year, because um, we've all been knocked down many times this year, I think, and, right. and had to keep getting back up. Yes. And, uh, so that's a, that's a good, very good message for this, for 2020, for sure. That is, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. Another interesting little fact that I, factoid that I saw about this is that um, their politicians, you will see their uh, Daruma doll displayed with one eye painted and they don't paint the other one in un- until or unless they get elected. <laughs> That's their goal. Right? <laughs> That's their goal. That's yeah. right. <laughs> so um, anyways, uh, I just, I, again, some of the things, if you dig deeper in that, you might see some other darker aspects of the, the history behind that doll. But I, th- I, I really do, like you said, especially in this year, uh, the concept of, of having that resilience to not let things, you know, crush you or own you and to continue to get up and continue to, to, to 
be a better person and to find your joy spot is really symbolic and important now. And I, I do wish I had in 2020 when we were out there had gotten one of those dolls because I think it would have been pretty interesting year to have one of yeah, those. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, you know, definitely. You very know. pointed for this year for sure. And, and typically each year you start with a new doll. So. Yeah, that makes sense. You have, you have to set that goal and then, you know, hopefully right. you reach that goal and get, get that other people in there. So very good. That's a, that's a tough one. So that's some great research. Yeah, there. yeah. Really good cool. Job. Some really cool um, symbolic traditions that they have there good in Japan. Job. So uh, going around World Showcase, as we would, we leave Japan. What will we come across next? Well, something that would be very easy, as a matter <laughs> of fact, and that would be the American Adventure Pavilion, basically right. based you know, on the United States of America. And you know what? We, uh, we look around your house. I mean, most of our, and not everyone of you listens in the, lives in the United States, mm-hmm. but a majority of you do. So you pretty much know the traditions of <laughs> the United States of America. And so many of them that we're talking about here have come over from these different countries through your, your uh, ancestors and now have become part of your traditions. So we just decided we kind of skim over the United mm-hmm. States of America, you know. And, but if you want to share any of your holiday traditions, we did get a couple from some people that we, uh, cool. some listeners that sent some stuff in. Um, feel free to hit us up and we will share them on an upcoming show. Yeah, awesome. So we leave United States really quickly and then we head Again, farther down World Showcase. And next up is Italy. Oh, and up again. <laughs> yes, to kind of work this out in the way we wanted to hit the countries, de- depending on some of our, you know, some of our own traditions and some of the things we enjoy very much. Uh, Michelle is going again. So Michelle is here to describe some of the holiday traditions that you might find in Italy. All right. So Santa Claus really isn't a major part for them. Uh, I think the, the closest comparison they have is... Uh, let me say Babbo Natale mm. or Babbo Natale. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's their English version of Father Christmas. Okay. Um, and, and, and mainly you'd see that in northern Italy, not so much in southern Italy. But bigger than Babbo Natale is La Befana. Okay. And that is a kindly witch <laughs> who flies around on a broomstick nice. <laughs> and drops gifts into stockings. For children who have been good and coal into stockings of children who have not been so good. So very similar, just a different um, version of transportation. Right, exactly. (laughs) Broomstick, sleigh. Um, But in regards to food traditions, um, they also uh, celebrate a Christmas Eve traditional feast. uh, But theirs is called Seven Fishes. Uh All right. And so obviously, depending on which region and and family traditions, the type of fish that is served is going to vary from area to area. Um, And it's more kind of a lot of times it's a a more progressive type of meal that is served. So starting off with something that's, you know, more of an appetizer type of of dish and then moving all the way up through to dessert. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, but you could see some things that... um, that traditionally you might see it's bacalao, which is a salted dried codfish, mm-hmm. um, you know, and then you might so- see something served with spaghetti like clams or mussels. Uh, also another popular dish, and I'm, I might say it wrong, I'm going to count on you to help me here, is a fish sh- stew called chiopino. 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 Yeah. Um, and I think you've actually told me the story of kind of how that 
stew, fish stew originated. Yeah, so essentially, chipino it is a fish stew of a variety of different fishes. I mean, you could pretty much make your um, seven fishes uh, just using right. chipino because what it was is it was like at the end of the day, uh, they'd get down by the water side and, you know, everybody would get together and like, I have this fish. I like have the fishermen these, and stuff. I have these clams. I have these, you know, uh, shrimp you know right. whatever and it's chipino it's really it's because it, they would kind of all chip in on right. this soup um so they would all chip in a little portion of it it's usually a tomato based soup but it doesn't necessarily have to be and uh so they they would essentially make this soup over whatever they all had left over that they could chip right. into this soup and they would share it among each other yeah very or, cool yeah. so super cool and great tradition also right. um Another course that they would have would be uh, a gelato. Ooh, pink gelato. Pink gelato. <laughs> For those of you who have seen films on Disney cruises, you may know the pink <laughs> gelato. gelato. <laughs> um, you know, and that would make sense if you're going to be eating different types of fishes and everything to have some, something to clear that palate, you know, and obviously then go on to desserts that would be, you know, traditional things that you would see with Italian dishes like cannolis or little small cookies or cakes and things like that. So, um, Again, I'm in. I'm getting hungry, but uh, maybe when I was doing <laughs> I was this, I was hungry little... <laughs> during this podcast. That never happens. But the reality is that food does play into traditions, mm-hmm. and especially Definitely. around the holiday time. So it is. It was very fun looking at these different unique types of uh, feasts that they would prepare, and and you know how they would incorporate that into the holiday. Wonderful. Yeah, I've. <laughs> I have a ex-co-worker who's a good friend that uh, is a very Italian. His family is very Italian. And uh, he used to describe to me as we were getting right close to the holidays, mm-hmm. he's like, okay, this is what I'm going to do for my seven fishes. Wow, you know, nice. Or, which items he was going to put in there and everything. And it uh, sounded delicious. And uh, I think that's a, that's a great tradition. Yeah, yeah. And I think we're going to, uh, later in the episode here, listen to a little uh, Italian singer. Yes, I, we do have a little Italian singer that's going to come up here to wrap up our episode, and we'll get to that near the end. Nice. Very cool. So, very nice. Good job on Italy. Thank we you. continue around World Showcase. And what is next as we go through the various countries? Well, that would be Germany. And this is the reason why we kind of mixed up the, why Michelle did basically back to back there, is because Germany is very much. In within my family, it's pretty much our traditions. And as a matter of fact, when you go through this, and when Michelle hears this, uh, she's going to say, "Oh, we pretty much do that virtually every Christmas." <laughs> right. <laughs> um, because uh, my, my my most of our Christmas traditions come from my grandparents. Uh, their parents came from Germany, right. um, so we have a lot of these within our. Uh, household. This is how we celebrate Christmas mm-hmm. Eve and Christmas, essentially. So uh, for Germany, you know, one of the interesting things is, is that Advent calendars are mm-hmm. huge in Germany. They are a really big thing, and they can be found in most homes mm-hmm. um, up to currently now as we go through, uh, as well as the traditional one that you, you normally see that's made out of card. Uh, they also have some in uh, various countries that are made with a wreath of fir, bran- fir tree branches mm-hmm. with 24 decorated boxes or bags hanging from it. Each box wow. or bag has a little present within it for the, the children or whomever opens them up. Another type is called a... Advent Kranz, excuse me if I, again, uh, if I mispronounce anything here, it is a ring of fir branches that has four candles on it. One candle is lit at the beginning of each week in the Advent. Right. And that's a tradition that you also see in France. Right. 
And so they're mm. very cool. Uh, in some parts of Germany, mainly the southeast of the country, children not only um, write to, you know, Santa Claus, essentially, but also Das Christkind. All right. I don't know if I got that I right. I think you but did. Yeah, that sounds pretty asking good. Asking for presents. The letters to uh, the Christkind are decorated with sugar glued to the envelope to make them sparkly and attractive to look at. Uh, children leave the letters on the windowsill at the beginning or of or uh, while Advent is going on. Then, uh, so Das Christkind translates as the Christ child, essentially. So, yeah. Uh, but Germans don't think of it as that they're giving, they're sending letters to, you know, the Christ child. Right. Instead, they're, uh, the Christkind is described as a young girl with Christ-like qualities. Um, and uh, this young girl, in, in actually in Nuremberg, a young girl is chosen every year to participate in a parade as the as the Christkind. Wow! So basically, she's the kind of the princess of the parade. Mm-hmm. Uh, she wears a long white dress, uh, a white and gold dress, has long blonde curly hair, and wears <laughs> a golden crown, and sometimes wings like an angel. So, as far as Germany's version of Santa, he's named. Oh, I'm, I hope I get this one right. Der Weihnachtsmann. Der Weihnachtsmann. <laughs> sure I think you did well there honey. he brings uh, the main Christmas presents on December 24th so Christmas Eve is mm-hmm. when he brings them by and you might also write a letter to their Weinlachsmann in other parts of Germany some people say that uh, Santa or Father Christmas brings the presents and the Sam say it's the Christkind so oh. it depends on what your tradition is, right. where you get your presents from. So uh, as I mentioned earlier, Christmas trees are a huge thing in Germany. Mm. They are big. Many Some homes have multiple Christmas trees uh, within their house. They are traditionally brought into the homes on Christmas Eve. And on that evening, now this is where it's going to sound exactly like art. <laughs> there'll be a reading from the Bible, uh-huh. followed by Christmas carol singing, including O Tannenbaum. Oh, wow. And uh-huh. Steely Nacht, which is Silent, Silent Night. Yes. Uh, so th- that is something that we have done for since I've grown up. That That is our right. tradition is reading from the Bible right. and then uh, singing Christmas carols together, along with some other things that go along with it, including some maybe a couple alcoholic beverages for the adults, <laughs> some hot chocolates or something a little, you know, not so much for the kids. Uh, but we all gather around and sing uh, Christmas carols, including... Silent Night or Stephen right. yeah. So as far as Christmas food in Germany, uh, goose is often the traditional dinner. And as far as dessert, they like uh, a lot of times uh, Stalin bread, which is mm-hmm. a fruited type of yeast bread. So it's a kind of a nice fruit cake, right. much more beloved than many fruit cakes around. Exactly. The so yes. That's pretty much what you'll find in Germany. So. Right. Yeah. It is. It is very descriptive of what your family does as I've, you know, come to know them and, and celebrate with them. It's, it's really nice, warm traditions. And it really does emphasize um, the reason for the season, if, as people say, and the purpose of family being together and, and celebrating and coming together. Yeah, it really is. So a uh, great tradition. And we yes. love it very much. And very cool from Germany. So Good from job. Germany, we go completely over to Asia. <laughs> we skip way out of Europe, <laughs> all the way over to Asia. And we run into China. And thank goodness, Michelle did the research for China. I'm so glad I didn't do that one. But, but I'm interested to find out how they celebrate the holidays in China. All right. Well, um, they do have actually two holidays that time of the year, not so much Christmas. Um, Their first is a smaller celebration for the winter solstice. Did I say it? Solstice? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And and that uh, dumplings 
are the most popular mm, food. I love uh, a good dumpling. I know. Yeah. Um, and that's mainly like in northern China and in southern China, they, they celebrate that with rice balls symbolizing family reunion. Mm. And um, so... Again, it's it's a time that they come looking at, you know, more of the seasons. They they do um, do honor the heavens and ancestors, but they also have some kind of cute, unique traditions associated that. Um, so they do have a lot of respect for the elderly and in within their culture. And as part of this, the younger generation. Uh, will bless the older generation by buying new shoes and socks for mm. them, hoping that they will live longer. Oh, I nice know. Tradition. Isn't that cute? Yeah. Um, but the more grandiose and prominent celebration that they have this time of the year is re- in relationship to the Lunar New Year. Mm. Uh, 2021, uh, their Lunar New Year will be a little bit later than we saw last year or this year that we're in. Uh, it'll be more in February. It's the year of the ox. And, okay. and as many of you may know, each year there's, there, there's an animal that it's associated with it. Um, and so... That celebration actually lasts, it can last up to two weeks, um, but I mean, it's really big celebrations. And um, so they, you know, a lot of things I think that we would tend to think of and see at Epcot's uh, World Showcase, like, you know, with the... um, the imagery of firecrackers and the dragon dancers Mm -hmm. and things like that are very traditional things that you would see during this time of the year. But in addition to that, they also do a a thing where they, they also have cards of well-wishing, but also with money uh, (laughs) in envelopes that they, and, and this is more that the adults are giving to the younger generation, oh. you know. Um, so, and the thank you for wishing us long life. I Here's know. some money. Here's some money. <laughs> Here's some money. So, um, they actually have uh, similar to what we have, like with you know, uh, here in the United States when we're celebrating New Year's Day um, through New Year's Eve, we you know watch Times Square and mm-hmm. you know, and that they have a TV show that has over the last, I, th- I think it was like around the 80s, really started to become popular, and that's the one that they tend to watch, you know, for the hour of the start, and then outside everybody goes and lights firecrackers ah. and things and fireworks are going on around the, the year. Um, but they also do, I wanted to bring up some food, that they do have a steamed New Year's cake um, that is very popular. It's it's kind of a sweet, squishy kind of cake that's um, made from rice flour and brown sugar. Um, but it, it's in a round shape, and that's to represent togetherness and ah, completeness very nice yeah right I like that. and there's a lot of other dishes that they have symbolic but one that that also surprised me was that they have peanut brittle which is symbolic of longevity and good fortune oh that's good to know i love peanut brittle. i know right very so um but anyways yeah i it, it just uh, again um with the lunar new years that that i love how i mean it sounds to me that if you go to china that time of year you are going to really see some massive celebrations wonderful yeah love it yeah that's great that's great so very good job and now michelle is actually done with her research she's gone through all of her (laughs) countries and she did a fantastic job thank you great job so uh moving along through our world showcase um i'm up next because 
the next country that we stumble across mm-hmm. is Norway. And as we all know, hashtag real men love frozen. <laughs> now, Arendelle is not technically Norway. We all know that. Right. And that comes in question with, you know, frozen ever after being within Norway. Right. Be, but we also know that frozen, they, they, the, the animators, a lot of the people on, based on that made the story of frozen mm-hmm. went to Norway to do research. And a lot of the imagery you see in or around frozen right. is definitely comes from Norway. Right. And the sounds of the songs mm-hmm. and the music. Mm-hmm. So that's why this is my country that I'm going through here. Uh, so talking about Norway in, in realistic terms, not just an animated film right. that I, I love very much. Uh, <laughs> Advent, just like in uh, Germany, Advent is a big thing uh, for the Norwegians. Uh, during Advent uh, in Norway, sometimes small gifts are given each day of December leading up to Christmas. These are known as, you know, here we go, Adventsgave or Kalendergave. Nice. So I don't know if that's the correct way I pronounced it, but that's Sounds what I'm going with. Sounds beautiful, the way you did it. Uh, the gifts are sometimes used together with a chocolate advent calendar. So Ooh, that sounds pretty good. Yes. Norwegian chocolate sounds yummy. Oh, yeah. Um, in some parts of Norway, children like to go out carol singing. Often children will dress up as characters from uh, the, the traditional you know Bible Christmas mm-hmm. story, such as shepherds and wise men, and go singing from house to house in their local neighborhood. Sometimes they carry with them paper stars. You know, wow. which is kind of cool. Uh-huh. Yeah. Also, a very popular song at Christmas time in Norway is called the Musivisa, which is the mouse song. <laughs> the words of the mouse song were written in 1946 by Alf Preussen. And the tune is a traditional Norwegian folk tune. It tells the story of some mice getting ready for Christmas and the mother and father mice warning their children to stay away from mouse traps. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. It became very popular in Norway and is still de- uh, sung and, and played uh, today. So very kind of cool and you know, fun, interesting story. Uh, the traditional Norwegian Christmas tree decoration was uh, small paper baskets called the Julekurver, uh, which are made in the shape of a heart. And it said that uh, the writer Hans Christian Andersen might have invented them wow. back in the 1860s. So that's kind of cool. Uh, Christmas Eve is a time when presents are exchanged. The gifts are sometimes brought by their version of Santa Claus called Julenissen in, in Norway. Mm-hmm. Uh, presents are also brought by the small gnomes called Nise. Nice. Yeah. Uh, they are also hobgoblin decorations that they place out around, <laughs> Nisei decorations they put around. Uh, ch- children pick up the presents from under the Christmas tree and read the cards of the presents out loud. Now, as for food, uh, the main meal is uh, main meal is normally uh, pork or mutton ribs mm-hmm. served with uh, an item called surkal, which is white or red cabbage that's finely chopped, cooked with caraway seeds and vinegar. So, kind of a pickled Pick, right. cabbage uh, dish and potatoes. Uh, for dessert, many different types of cakes and biscuits are mm-hmm. eaten over the Christmas period in Norway. And if you've ever been to the the bakery there, yes. check out some of their stuff. Oh my it's gosh, so good, it sweet, yes. very sweet, but it's very delicious. Um, one of the most popular is a special bread called yulekake that has raisins, candied peel, and cardamom in it. So again, another version Ooh, of a fruit right. cake. Um, so interesting. Um, but maybe the most 
uh, famous custom about Christmas within Norway mm-hmm. is the big Christmas tree that Norway gives to the UK every single year. Oh, wow. This tree is given as a present to say thank you uh, for the help that the people of the UK gave to Norway during World War II. Wow. The tree stands in Trafalgar Square in the middle of London, and often thousands of people come to watch when the lights are turned on for that tree. Very so cool. That's a really cool tradition. Yes. And a really nice thank you for Norway to the UK who right. did so much to kind of help um, you know, save them from what was a very difficult time right. throughout Europe wow. during that time. So nice. Very well, cool. very interesting research there, honey. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. So finally, I'm going, this is my time when I get to double dip <laughs> here. And mostly that is because um, I live here in Southern California and we in Southern California are very influenced by the next country you would come across as you're finishing your tour right. of World Showcase. And that, of course, is Mexico. So uh, I thought we'd discuss a little bit about what goes mm-hmm. on in Mexico. And so for in Mexico, Christmas is celebrated from December 12th through January 6th, okay? Uh, from uh, December 16th to Christmas Eve, children offer perform what's called Las Posadas. Yes. Yes. And if you've uh, seen the Three Caballeros recently, mm-hmm. um, they discuss, uh, Panchita comes right. on and tells the story of Las Cas- uh, Posadas. So I'm. I, he does a much better job of it than <laughs> I could do. So let's go ahead and go to Panchita explaining Las Posadas. This custom takes place on each of the nine days before Christmas. Each evening, the children gather at the village church and form a procession, symbolizing the journey of Mary and Joseph from Nazareth to Bethlehem. The little ones carry images of the saints from house to house, seeing a plea for shelter or posada. A reply comes from within. No posada. No shelter. Looking sad and downhearted, they try again. But the reply is still the same. No shelter, no posada. They repeat their song time after time, and always they are refused. Until at last, they reach a friendly house and the door is open. Come in, come in, holy pilgrims. This humble home is yours. And now, Mary and Joseph have found shelter at last. Then the rejoicing begins. The feasting, the celebrating, and finally the biggest surprise of all, breaking the piñata. So isn't that a, a really cool tradition? It is. It is. It's And it's very touching. Uh, again, last year we were able to see this uh demonstrated at World Showcase where they they actually brought some children mm-hmm. uh, who were watching the, the show to come in and, and reenact that as well. But it is, it's a lovely tradition for it really sure. Is. It really is. And then, you know, the piñatas at the end is mm-hmm. really a wonderful thing as well too. So as well as the Posadas, there's uh, another type of Christmas play known as the uh, pastoral, Pastorelas. Uh, which is the shepherds. Mm -hmm. Uh, These tell the uh, story of the shepherds going to find baby Jesus. And they're often actually very funny stories. Oh, really? The shepherds telling the stories that they, things that they come across on their way to go visit the baby Jesus. The devil tries to stop the shepherds by tempting them along the way. (laughs) 
<laughs> but the shepherds always get there in the end, often with the help of the archangel Michael, uh, who comes and beats the devil. Wow. Yeah, very cool. Uh, Christmas Eve is known as uh, Noche Buena mm-hmm. uh, and is a family day. People often take part in the final posada. And then in the evening, they have the main Christmas meal. And popular dishes for the main Christmas meal include pozole, which is, of course, a thick soup made with mm-hmm. hominy, chicken, pork, uh, chilies, and is topped with greens. They also do roast turkey, roast pork, tamales are mm-hmm. extremely popular. Uh, they, they just have a lot of great food. There's even a, a Christmas Eve salad called Ensalada Noche Buena. Ooh. Yeah. So uh, for dessert, uh, buenuelo, uh, buñuelos mm-hmm. are very popular and they come in a couple different shapes. Uh, they can be either flat or they can be a round ball. They're just kind of a fried dough, basically mm-hmm. kind of a donut um, with a lot of times they're sprinkled with uh, cinnamon and sugar mm-hmm. uh, or a hot uh, sugar syrup. Um, and they, there's also a couple of drinks that they like to enjoy during their holiday festivities. Uh, one might be ponche, which is a warm Christmas punch made with fruit, or rompope, which is a drink like eggnog, which is often served with a little rum in it. So, <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. yes. Uh, for, as far as Christmas Eve at midnight, many people go to a midnight mass service. Of course, um, Catholicism is very popular mm-hmm. uh, within Mexico, uh, known as the Misa de Gallo, which means mass of the rooster as people are up early like oh, roosters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Uh, and after that, there are a lot of fireworks to celebrate Christmas Day. And in some states, uh, Mexico children expect Santa Claus to show up on uh, December 24th. However, in the south of Mexico, children expect presents on January 6th, which mm-hmm. is called the Epiphany, which is known as El Dio de los Reyes. Mm-hmm. So on El Dio de los Reyes, uh, the presents are left by the three kings or the Magi, of course, and who, who have, uh, of course, visited the Christ child. That's when they finally arrive right. after the birth of the Christ child. So uh, you might uh, get a lot of candy on Dia de los Reyes, along with your presents from Santa on Christmas Eve. Ooh. So a lot of great traditions uh, in Mexico, and as there are for all these countries, right. and I think some of them... You know, some of them you may have known of. A lot of these are really interesting that we may have never heard of before. Right. But you may want to incorporate some of them uh, within your household as well. Exactly. So I have a question. Mm-hmm. Was there anything in your research that was maybe just really a little too weird that you thought, maybe I'm not going to go into that for this episode? There was a couple in Germany, I think. Uh, that was like, I don't know if I'm going to need to explain <laughs> that one. There, there are some... Um, well, there's a movie called Krampus that's out there that, you know, that, uh-huh. I mean, it's not a scary thing per se. It's actually, but there's like presents dropped by a, a monster who comes oh my by gosh. and drops by presents for the kids. Oh, how funny. So, like, I don't know. We have enough research here. I don't need to go into that, <laughs> Krampus. Uh, but it was just kind of interesting. Oh, that is cool. That is cool. Well, I, I read one in um, St. John's. Newfoundland, (laughs) which I know is different than St. John. Um, uh, (laughs) Anyways, they have a tradition of a a parade um, called the Mummers and people dress up, but not like in a, 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 to represent a, an actual character or person. They just, you know, we're, wear all kinds of weird things. (laughs) And then they go up and knock on doors and (laughs) ask them if they, if they, uh, if they accept mummers or something like yeah, that. And, yeah. And that if the, it's, it's almost like, you know, when I re- was reading it, I was like, Oh, this is like the mask singer. <laughs> so the, the, the neighbors are supposed to try to guess who it is. Yeah. <laughs> and if they guess then they can all celebrate and is that Tom Brady. I know. <laughs> 
wait, this is Canada. Is that Getty Lee? Yeah. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> so, but anyways. Cool. Very yeah. cool. Great research by Michelle. Uh, Likely, yours a lot of great research too. Um, we also reached out, as I mentioned earlier, to some listeners mm-hmm. to you know let us know what their holiday traditions are. And I think we are actually it was a really relatively busy week for people after the Thanksgiving holiday right. and stuff. So uh, maybe they didn't get back to us as soon. But we did get a couple responses. And I'm gonna start with Nate and Serena, the DVC duo, mm-hmm. who like to are they subscribe to the newsletter and uh, always are great listeners and great friends. And we're looking forward to connecting them. By the way, I think. Nate has been in uh, Walt Disney World all this week. Yes, I've been very jealous of him I know. posting pictures from <laughs> a, around all the holiday decorations and all the fun he's having while he's there. But yeah, which is so cool. And if you ever are looking for information about uh, DVC, I and mean, Disney DC, in general. Well, yeah. Disney in general, yeah. They have a great blog, but they're also a great resource. Yeah, and great people. So, uh, so they wrote to us and said, Hi, Michelle and Tom. We could go on and on regarding holiday traditions. To save everyone from a small novel, (laughs) we'll focus on Walt Disney World. Christmas and Disney go hand in hand in Nate's family, so much so that our first trip to Disney World together was during Christmas season. It wow. was the test that Serena passed with flying cars. So it doesn't surprise me <laughs> right. you ever met Serena. Yeah, so, she's cool. Yeah, she is very cool. Uh, so here they say, our Disney World traditions are the candlelight processional is a must. Mm-hmm. I love the candlelight processional. They say, we usually do a dinner package at either Chef de France or Rose and Crown, which are a couple Brilliant. of great choices. Yes. Yeah, for great sure. Great choices. Uh, they go on with say Mickey's very merry Christmas party, mm-hmm. the toy soldiers. Enough said, right? Yeah, I love that uh, gingerbread. Oh, I miss uh, the gingerbread so much this year. Uh, they say we got to see all the gingerbread creations in the resorts, and we compete to see who can find all the hidden Mickey's first. I don't know if you can find all the hidden Mickey's, <laughs> but many of them. Yeah. If you do find all of them, wow! Good yeah, job, Nate and Serena. It gets intense. Let's just say Nate's dad is an expert. Wow, yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, we left the best for last, the great tree stroll. We go resort to resort, park mm-hmm. to park, back when you could do this as much, you know, yes. to see all the different trees. That is one of my favorite yes. things to do at Walt yes. Disney World, to see all the trees and go resort to resort. And just the different colors they incorporate at the different resorts and everything. It's just yeah. so wonderful. And how they fit each resort yes. and everything. It's just so great. So uh, they go on to say, can't wait to hear everyone's Christmas traditions, Serena and Nate. So thank you, yes. guys. Uh, great stuff here. Finally, we got another uh, message from Scott in Minnesota, who I think took our tradition to a little bit different level, but I can relate to his tradition (laughs) in some way. So he said, uh, hey, Tom and Michelle, I know we all think the Mandalorian is great, but my daughter and I have turned it into our Friday night tradition. That being said, the past few episodes have been chock full (laughs) of cameos of people from the Star Wars universe that I recognize but never really knew. Then I remembered your comments about the Clone Wars. The series uh, was really pivotal in the continuation of the Star Wars universe. I had previously discounted the series as just programming for younglings on Disney XD. So I watched the movie and now I find myself sacrificing sleep to watch (laughs) one more episode. I'm almost done with the first season and already I can see that I'm going to have to rewatch episode three to see all that I missed before. Then it's probably going to be Rogue One and episode four and damn it, I might as well finish the year. So I guess I'm going to have to be up until the new year. So, you know. Uh, he says, damn George Lucas and Disney Plus for making such great content shows. Then apparently he got a little confused and thought he was on the Jim Rome show in 2006 and wrote, rack me. 
Scott in Minnesota. <laughs> um, Scott, I, I, as long as well as with the Clone Wars, um, go check out Rebels as yes. well. Star Wars Rebels also great, and a lot of the characters that we're seeing within um, right. the Mandalorian are also popping up in Rebels. That's as well. true. Yeah, and that's been what we've been doing lately too yes. over this holiday season, and it's been enjoyable. Yes, we've been to going down the, the rabbit hole on a lot of these characters yes. since they've been popping up within the Mandalorian. It's been a lot of fun. So uh, that's it. Um, uh, we'd love to hear your traditions for the holidays, Disney related or something else like, you know, Star Wars related, whatever it might be, please send them to us and we will share them on an upcoming show. And to close out this segment of holiday traditions around world showcase, well, we have to go to an international superstar and that is Andrea Bocelli from back in the magic kingdom in Uh, I think you described it uh, a couple of weeks ago. His voice is like butter. butter yeah. It is so rich and silky and wonderful. Uh, I love it so much. <sighs> yeah. So, so good. So uh, let's move on now. And because uh, we're starting to push a little long here. So let's quickly get to the Disney stories of the week. And I do have a couple for you this week. Not a lot, but I do have a couple for you. Uh, there's a new option available to you if you're looking to become a member of the official Disney fan club. This tell. This from D23.com. Starting on January 1st, 2021, the new gold membership duo plan will provide the benefits of a D23 Gold membership with the opportunity to add a second D23 Gold member for the current price of what is a D23 Gold family membership. Nice. So um, right now, the Gold family membership, as they exist, you have one Gold family member 
And then you get to bring to a lot of these things like three family members with you uh, along with that. A gold member usually, a standard gold member is one gold member and one uh, you get to bring one person to some of the events right. and some of the things they have going on when they do have events going on and such. So this will be a little bit different. So now essentially you're going to have two gold members and they can still bring a guest with them as well. So you're still going to be able to have the four people that go to these events uh-huh. or so forth, but two of them will have status as gold members. So a lot of times what happened in the past with the gold family members is that if the actual gold card person right. didn't show up, the rest of the family members couldn't go. Right. Now right. you have two possibilities, two parents that can go. If dad doesn't want to go, mom can go. Mom nice. doesn't want to go, dad can go and can still bring the kids or whomever. That's so cool. That's kind of a nice benefit yes. there. Uh, so it goes on to say current D23 Gold family members will have the opportunity to transition at no additional cost to the D23 Gold membership duo plan through the remainder of their current Gold family membership term because they're getting rid of the Gold family membership. That is just completely going away. Oh, now. okay. Yeah. So, um, and you will have the opportunity to renew uh, doing using mm-hmm. this uh, gold duo plan thereafter, and that includes for if you're a current gold member right now. Now, here's what the uh, new gold membership duo plan uh, consists of it costs $129.99 per mm-hmm. year, essentially giving you two gold memberships. So you get two personalized gold member cards and gold member certificates. Oh. Access for two D23 gold members to virtual and in-person events, plus the ability for each gold member to bring guests to select events. Uh, access for two D23 gold members to special D23 gold offers, including early access, discounts, and exclusive membership opportunities. Now, it, so it, it, why wouldn't I just buy two gold memberships if this, you know, is kind right. of that way? Well, um, you do only get one gold member collector set. So, you know, when you sign up, you kind of get this collector set right. that comes with your package. Um, the last time it was Fantastic Worlds. We've had a Mickey Mouse right. one. There's been uh, the Nine Old Men one that right. we received. Um, you only get one of those. And you also only get one annual subscription to the Disney uh, 23 publication, which mm-hmm. is a magazine that comes out four times yeah, per year, but it has great artwork. And it's, it's a really cool magazine. Right. So, um, so it's an interesting take. And I, I think it's it's a good expansion and it makes sense. for. I'm, I think that they're listening to some of the gold family members that they were struggling that they right. couldn't, you know, if, if one of the... Uh, you know, adults didn't want to go to some of these things. Right. They were having some troubles um, Being making able to, it to go. these events. Mm-hmm. So, and it also makes it easier for people to book these things, you know, because it used to be that one person that had the gold membership had to get on there, get online, exactly. and, you know, and enter into some of the contests or enter in to, uh, to get the tickets for things. Right. And now it opens it up to the family a little bit better. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I like it. So. So moving on, uh, uh, there's another big celebration coming for a production company we know and love next year. I mean, yes, we know that Walt Disney World is celebrating its 50th Mm -hmm. birthday next year. Well, guess what? So is Lucasfilm. Wow. Yeah, I didn't think about it, but this from StarWars.com. 2021 marks the 50th anniversary of Lucasfilm. The celebration will kick off with commemorative fan favorite 50th anniversary Star Wars products. The launch starts in January and will continue through the year with special edition product releases. This from Paul Southern, who is the Lucasfilm Senior Vice President of Licensing and Franchise. Uh, He says, 
quote, consumer products have always been an integral part of the Star Wars fan experience and they remain a constant force in pop-up culture, excuse me, in pop culture today. (laughs) Uh, To commemorate Lucasfilm's 50 years of storytelling, we look forward to honoring this consumer products legacy and bringing to life brand new products, games, and publishing offerings that celebrate uh, our future with Lucasfilm's exciting feature films and Disney Plus series ahead, end quote. So that's really cool. That is cool. That's exciting. And and I guess I just never realized that you always think of the anniversary of when the first movie came out. But But Lucasfilm started back in 1971. Wow, very cool. Yeah. So uh, Lucasfilm, as I said, was founded by George Lucas Mm -hmm. in 1971. Of course, films such as Star Wars and Indiana Jones took the world by storm, revolutionized visual effects, sound design, animation, and other groundbreaking filmmaking techniques. Uh, The artists and technicians of Lucasfilm have never stopped innovating and Mm -hmm. continue to influence the film industry today, including they've won 29 Emmy Awards, 38 Academy Awards, 32 SciTech Awards, 18 Webby Awards, 12 awards for ILM, X-Labs, groundbreaking work in immersive entertainment. Um, There's so many things. They've had... 180 books on the New York Times bestseller list. Wow. Uh, Lucasfilm has, it, it really has shaped, um, you know, several generations right, now. Right, exactly. Since, since uh, 1971. But yeah, you've, we, I, you know, I, I thought the same thing too. I'm like, wait, but that doesn't make any sense because you kind of think of Lucasfilm with Star Wars right. starting in 1977. But no, they Lucasfilm was around since 71. I mean, of course, American Graffiti is right. part of that. It was kind of one of George Lucas's first big sure. films and everything. So really cool. And I'm looking forward to seeing all this stuff that they released that uh, might be out there coming up. And by the way, news this week, it, it's, Eh, this could be a little bit of a rumor, but it's seemed to have been confirmed by various sources that currently right now, um, the Cassian Andor series is filming as we, well, I don't know if it's right at this moment, but (laughs) during this time period, as we're speaking to you and also starting on January 4th, I believe it was Mm -hmm. of 2021, the Kenobi series is going to start shooting. Wow. Can't wait. (laughs) We have some new star Wars content coming to Disney plus fairly soon. And that's exciting stuff. So that's it for the Disney stories of the week. However, we never leave you without giving you some sort of tip that might help you on your next vacation. And we always start with Michelle. One, because she does the best research. <laughs> she is, look at her. She's in her oh, holiday getup. She's ready for the season. But she also has the very best tips. So let's get right to it. Here is Michelle's tip of the week. Oh, man, you're so kind. It, you did a lot of research. I have to commend you. you this week, you really had to... Um, Put in a lot of step up my game to try yeah. to care at all. <laughs> well, no, it's just that you, you know, this one it was a it was a shared t- time and it was fun doing that and I learned a lot from you. So thank you. Uh, from you, thank you. So my tip, actually, I uh, I need to give full credit of this tip to Kim and Rob LeBerry from the Hoopty Doo Review. Do well review. I know as soon as I said it, I knew I said it wrong. Sorry. It's it's yeah, hoop de do is yeah. it's entrenched in your brain. Yeah, hoop de do a hoop de review podcast and the JTA podcast right. as well. Um I almost said JTP. <laughs> JTP. <laughs> JTP. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, anyways, um so they're the ones that actually shared this information that I thought would be great tip for, for people. If you're going to Walt Disney World and you do get a boarding pass for Rise of the Resistance attraction, then it's recommended that you take a photo of that with your phone just in case something um, 
when it's time for boarding, let's say you're having, uh, you're in the middle of a meal and you can't get out in time because you have to pay for it at that time before leaving, um, having that proof that you did have that reservation because it could drop off the app once the time has passed uh, is something that could really help you in case there's some questions or issues related to that boarding pass. It's a good, it's a really great tip that they mm -hmm. shared and that you're sharing right now because yeah, I mean, it, of course, you know, you're hoping that you can time things out, but you have reservations right. for lunch or whatever. You get that boarding group. You're not sure if you can make it or not. So, and yeah, sometimes that, that boarding group that is on your phone, that is on the app, if you get to pass that time, it will drop off there. You will have no proof that you actually right. had that. So right. but where the, the Disney cast members will want to work with you or mm -hmm. will try to work with you if they, you were in this middle. They're not going to make make you leave your lunch in the middle of it. Right, or, right. You know, just because you, you need to get to this boarding group. Right. I mean, things could could impact the time. You know, you get the boarding pass. You have an estimate of when you're going to be on. But things could happen either that things start moving quickly and your boarding pass gets put up sooner than you expected or it, it may have some delays or, or downtime with the with the attraction and then you get into an, a, a thing a reservation that you thought you would have already been finished with the ride before taking so um, just make sure you take a picture of that reservation just in case right good point yeah. Michelle's tips and Rob and Kim's tips. Right. I have to, Always yeah, the best tips. have to give them total credit that was totally them and I was appreciative that they shared that yeah very good. And uh, listen to their show. Great show. Both Definitely. Shows. Both shows. So uh, my tip for this week is just going to be a quick one. And it relates to uh, our main topic, which is the holidays around World Showcase. Mm -hmm. And I know things are different this year, but when you get back to uh, Walt Disney World, when you get back to Epcot, when you get back to World Showcase for the holidays in 2021 or 2022 or whenever it is in the future, yes, go there enjoy the decorations. Yes, go there and enjoy the variety of food right. and everything. But take a moment and stop at all these different countries. And, you know, look on your look on the app, look on their schedules, right. the passport, whatever, and find out when they're doing some of these showcases of the traditions that happen right. within the because you there it's so enriching to go mm -hmm. through these and learn about some of these cultures that you may not know a lot about. Right. And they do a wonderful job of not only telling uh, talking about these traditions, but telling a story about right. them and really involving you and, and bringing you into their culture. And it's really worth to just take that moment and really enjoy it. And like we talked about with some of these traditions we discussed today, maybe there'll be some that you end up, you know, bringing into your own family traditions. Right. You know, and you bring up a good point too. And, you know, we kind of talked about this a little bit as well is um, after the performances, a lot of times, not all the time, but a lot of times some of the performers will stick around that you can interact with them and you know the again the more we've said this in the past the more you can interact with some of the cast members the more you really get to appreciate uh, what you have there what you get to go see and enjoy and especially at Christmas time when they can really give maybe answer some of your questions or tell you a little bit more about the tradition than what they had time for in the show right. so Plus, I mean, who doesn't want to, you know, when you get the chance to meet a superstar like Père Noël. I know. I mean, Michelle was giddy at her I chance was, to talk to Père I was. I was starstruck, I yeah. tell you. So, uh, very good. Definitely take up those uh, chances if you, when it happens, when it comes back, because it's all coming back and we're looking forward to mm -hmm. when it all comes back. So. Great tipping. 
Uh, that's it for this week. Next week, well, we're revisiting a topic we explored two years ago, almost to the date two years ago. Wow. Our five favorite holiday movies and specials. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, there have been several new ones that have been released over yes. that two year period. And there have been several we've been either see for the first time or kind of revisit and, and you know and and see them again and remember how great they are so we're going to take a look back at our list and see how they compare list our brand new five favorites see how they compare to our list from a couple years right. ago and we of course would love to know your favorite uh, disney movies or specials holiday disney movies or specials as well yes so that'll be a lot it'll of be fun. fun yep so as for today we appreciate that you joined us today by the way i don't think i said the date for today i know i was thinking about show. that too yeah so we are recording this on december 6th uh 2020 just so you know so if you pin, need to pinpoint this anyway and we appreciate that you joined us on december 6th 2020 <laughs> or whenever you're listening to this show uh, in the future you can find us most everywhere you get podcasts over the very best place to find us is on our own website hyperionadventurespodcast.com and while you're there please sign up for our newsletter yes please sign up for the newsletter we have lots of information uh, going out there for you through our newsletter and we have a lot of fun with it as well uh, you can also follow us on social media we have a lot of fun on social media we're on twitter at hyperion podcast Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. Check out some of these episodes on our YouTube channel. Just do a search for Hyperion Adventures Podcast. When it comes up, hit subscribe and you'll know whenever we have a new video out. And if you ever want to contact us for any reason, please hit us up at our Gmail account, Hyperion Adventures Podcast at gmail.com. Right. We love hearing from you. We thank those of you who participated this week with our uh, podcast by writing into us. We really do love that. And if there's ever anything that you have questions about or want to suggest, uh, please let us know. Yes, please hit us up. And thank you for participating. And thank you for listening to another episode of the Hyperion Adventures Podcast. We look forward to sharing some time with you again next week. Until that time, I'm Tom. I'm Michelle. And we hope that you have a magical week.